0: Patrick Kutz from the Carlton Footy Club. You're listening to the coaches panel.
1: Dane Zorko here from the Brisbane Lions. Jason Johansson from the Western Bulldogs. Luke Parker here from the Sydney Swans. It's Rory Sloan here from the
0: Adelaide Crows, and you're listening to the coaches panel.
1: Maxwell and Melbourne Football Club. This is
0: Nat Fife from the
1: Fremantle Footy Club, and you're listening to the coaches panel.
0: Hello, friends. You got MJ from the coaches panel, number seven in my 50 most relevant for 2021. Is a player that moved clubs during the off season. New GWS ruckman, Brayden Pruce. Can he be that mid-price standout player or will he burn us in 2021? We are going to talk about that and plenty more on this episode. Joining me to chat about him, I've got Kane on. Hello, buddy. How are you?
1: Very well, MJ. I think this is a guy that if a few things had fallen his way, maybe with Ford status, maybe with a better buy, I think this guy could have been number one, especially with the Ford status. That would have been absolute no-brainer, lock it away. But we didn't quite get that, and now... It's one of those players that, again, is super polarizing in how we structure our starting squad.
0: Well, and that's the interesting thing. I'll, I'll be honest with you. Braden Proust is not an upgrade target. Uh, he is a, well and truly, he is a start or pass option. Now, when I say not an upgrade target, now you might change strategy mid year, and we'll talk about that in a moment, but you are not looking at him going, oh, about around 13, he's looking tasty as an upgrade target. All right, let's get into it. 25 years old. Finally, finding himself at a club where he can be the number one ruck at GWS. His best score last year from only a handful of games at Melbourne last year was a 65 in AFL Fantasy and Dream Team, while it was against the Collingwood Football Club, while in Supercoach it was an 85 against the Bulldogs. Nowhere near his career scores, either of those games. They both came against Carlton back in 2019. It was a 108 for AFL Fantasy, while it was a pretty tasty and very nice 140 in Supercoach. That is what people excited about him in that format? Last year, he averaged 50 in AFL Fantasy and Dream Team. It's been adjusted up in AFL Fantasy, multiplying it by 1.25 to a 62.5. While in Supercoach, 62 is exactly what he's going to be priced at from an average perspective and priced at $303,000. $377K in AFL Fantasy and just marginally under that, just under $370,000 in Dream Team. And Kane, a few years ago... Brayden Pruce moved clubs. He left North Melbourne. He was on the outset. He was looking for more ruck time, looking for more consistency of game time. And where did he go? Melbourne, to where the best ruckman in the land has played. Two years later, after really just a handful of games at Melbourne, he now finds himself, after 10 games at the Demons, finally at a club where he could be the number one ruck choice.
1: Yeah, and I guess you'd have to think for Braden that he's probably timed his run perfectly now if he's actually ready to take on that soul ruck mentally. You know, he's a great age, you know, turning 26 this year. Yeah. Maybe it was one of those moves in hindsight where, you know, he liked the security of going to Melbourne. You know, he probably thought, especially when he came over for the 2019 season, you know, Melbourne had really pushed deep into finals and it was probably a piece that if Max Gorm was to go down, they really could have used a really solid backup. Yeah, We know in the two seasons he was there, you know, Melbourne didn't play finals and they weren't in the mix at all. So I've got to think positively that this was, you know, he wanted to go for those reasons, be it a club that he thought could maybe challenge yeah. and be a really important cog if something was to happen to Max Gorn. And we know they did trial um, a little bit of tandem work at times with him mainly as a key forward. But I've got to think now that he's 26, been in the system for a while, and he's found a club where he is the guy. It is so far and away the guy, and that's clearly where all the excitement comes from.
0: It certainly does. He's moved to GWS. Sam Jacobs has retired, who they recruited just the 12 months earlier. Shane Mumford is now 74, and uh, he's even aging for another year. So he finds himself with the dream scenario for fantasy coaches and for him himself. Clear first-choice ruckman. The other rucks they've got... A young and developing, if GWS felt they were ready, blokes like Flynn, they wouldn't have targeted a Bruce. So Bruce, I believe he's going to get, and, we, and should get, that first opportunity at that ruck roll. When we look at what he did from a fantasy perspective over the past couple of years, look, it's not great. To be honest, last year, just the three games... Um, for AFL Fantasy and Dream Team it was an average of 50 while in Supercoach it was a 62 but there are two games of 80 plus importantly his midfield minutes and rucking minutes in these games were severely impacted through a lack of opportunities due to one Max Gorn playing in the side last year Um, there was one game where he kind of got a good opportunity and that was that round 13 game against the Bulldogs. 31 hit-outs, that 85 that I alluded to uh, the week earlier against Collingwood. 24 hit-outs, 84 in Supercoach. You know, so those adjusted scores of a 60-65 Let's call that an 80, for sake of a better term, adjusted up in AFL, Fantasy, and Dream Team. So that's not too bad. You you head into his 2019 season, again, still playing at the Melbourne Football Club at that time. Seven games, an average in AFL, Fantasy, and Dream Team of 56, while in Supercoach, it was an average of 67. What doesn't sound great there, look into the numbers a little bit and what was happening inside those games. In Round 5 against St Kilda, You did play a shared ruck role with Gorn in that game. But he still managed to deliver us an 83 in Dream Team and Fantasy and 97 in Supercoach. Uh, later on in the year, he played Sol Ruck. He was a late in for Gorn. 15 possessions, 5 marks, 44 hitouts. DT Tarn, a career score for him across the formats this game. 108 in Dream Team and Fantasy, 140 in Coach. While at North Melbourne, again, we, we go back all the way to 2017, he solo rucked against the Cats round two, he gave us a 105 in Dream Team and Fantasy, a 111 Super Coach. A week later, because he came in as a late in for Goldie in that game, a week later, they kind of let Goldie play a lot of time forward. I think he only had like 10 hitouts in that game, so as opposed to the 20 to 30 that Bruce ended up delivering. He delivered in that game a 105 in Dream Team and Fantasy and 87 in Super Coach. And so before we even look at what he's done in a second tier, here's the important thing. He can hit a tonne. He can hit a high 80s, and at that price point, man, that's all we need. Well, that's the thing, and he's proven in the VFL,
1: you know, where he played most of his footy, that he was one of the best scorers in the whole competition. So we've got to think that scoring is there. Yeah. The, the question is, how much scoring? We, we know a key ruck role is a very lucrative role in fantasy. It's very hard to really go under 85, yeah. if you're a guy that's taking 80% of the ruck center bounces, you're following it around the ground, and, and you look at that GWS side, they're yeah. very well stocked up forward. It, he doesn't need to play that split role at all. Like For me, he's on the ground as the ruck, he takes his time on the bench, yeah. and then he comes as Himmelberg, or wherever they feel like in that giant side can be the pinch hit guy. Yeah. But when Bruce is on the ground, He's the ruck. Right I don't think you have to worry about any of those split games. Even some of the ones you mentioned in previous years when he was at Melbourne, the scores that he got that were solid, 80-plus scores, he had to kick multiple goals. So yeah. really, we've only seen a few games as the sole ruck. We haven't seen it for a season. The yeah. good thing is that the price, we're not really asking for a season. We're probably asking for, realistically, 8 to 10 games Yeah, is what we want out of Braden now the challenge with that is firstly he's in a line where he's not going to be a keeper some of these guys we can take flyers on especially in the back line or the forward line yeah at his price you know let's use Supercoach, you know the low 300s sometimes if you hit it right they're in that they're in your side the whole year and you're very very happy yeah it's not going to happen with Braden I don't think anyone has the expectation that He's a keeper for the whole year. Well, you'll be disappointed if you do. Yeah. You will, because I I think 100 is about the best you could hope for in Supercoach. I think probably, you know, low 90s is the best you could hope for in DT. Yeah. Now, we know that Gorn and Grundy alone are anywhere from 25 to 30 points better off. So you have to get those guys in at some point. You just have to. So there's no chance of him being a keeper for the whole year. It has to be an upgrade. The other challenge is, how do you compare him to the Wayne Millerers, the Dyson Heppels, the Jackson Hatelys, who are similarly similarly priced and also have shown good scoring potential as well? And then thirdly, MJ, you touch on the fixture. We need a good start. And the fixture's really, really hard in the opening four weeks, especially St. Kilda, Marshall Ryder. Fremantle's probably one of the easier pickings, especially yep. with Sean Darcy going down. You know, Is it finally time that we see a Lloyd Meek? Is it just the classic Rory Lobb has to step into that yeah. ruck role, even though we know he doesn't want to play there? And then you hit the two big boys, You know, the two hardest guys to score against. Round three, Melbourne, and round four, Collingwood. That's the worst possible time to have those games because, again, even if he has a big score against Frio, you only get to use it twice. In your price projections before it rolled out. Yeah. So now you've got a score against Melbourne and a score against Collingwood that are going to hang around for three weeks each. And that's taking you to about round seven or eight. When ideally, you're hoping to make a move.
0: Yeah, I think what makes him such a fascinating player to look at, and the reason we haven't spoken too much about what he did at a secondary tier is because there have been plenty of players that have dominated at a second tier level and then just not done it at the AFL level. We've seen Proust be able to do it at the AFL level. So there's no point going back to the VFL stats when we know what he can do at the elite level. So that's why we haven't gone, look at the double hundreds and look at the 160s he's done at the VFL. Who cares? Because he's done tons in Fantasy and Dream Team and won 40s in Supercoach. So that's why we're not spending much time on the deep dive numbers about that. But when you're looking to someone at Braden Pruce, it is as an R2 selection. He's not leading your Ruck division. It is, he is there for maybe a number of reasons. Firstly, to give you a look at how these other premium rucks go. Do you have that concerns about a split ruck share of Gorn and Grundy? Do you have that concern that Marshall might not be as big as we'd expected? Do you think Riley O'Brien's hot run to the end of the year was just that? A hot run. And so you're just trying to bide your time. You don't feel confident with two set and forget rucks. So Proust gives us that opportunity to look and that's what we want. But at his price point, What does he need to do to deliver well? Because in terms of to make that selection worthwhile, because you brought up this great point, that early fixture is nasty. It, It eases a little bit for two more weeks. Sydney and Bulldogs. But then it goes back to Adelaide, then into Essendon. Richmond might be a little bit easier from them. And then round 10, it's up against West Coast. So you could probably say three, maybe up to four are relatively games where you go oh, I think Proust is probably on top of most of these guys and then it gets tricky at his price point he just needs to deliver what a seventy 80 in fantasy are you happy if he comes out of there out of that first six weeks um came with a seventy is is that enough for us in fantasy and a and a low 80s in super Coach is that enough given the amount we're paying for because I think some people are expecting him to average 90 over the first eight to nine weeks. And while it's possible, statistically, I'm a little hesitant to get on that train.
1: Yeah. I wouldn't be happy personally if he's in the seventies. That That's, that's not enough. Again, I mentioned the guys that he's going up against Teppel, Hateley, Miller in defense, you know, take your pick in the forward line of some of those, you know, maybe key forward types that we, we know have a feeling about them. You know, Franklin Donaher, you know, even Zebels super cheap and Supercoach, So, me I think he's got to be you know 85 is what you have to have your expectation to be the great thing is if he can do that for three or four weeks he'll at the very least net you a hundred hundred and fifty K yeah now the thing that I think would be the dream scenario is that he has a little run like maybe a mark Pitnett had when he came into the Carlton side last year where it's you know his first three games he was out of this world you know he was up around the 90 dT mark converted and The low 120s through three weeks. Yeah. Now, we know afterwards, MJ. Not pretty. It was really ugly. And that's the risk with these type of guys. Again, I think everyone believes that Bruce is better than Pitnet. Yes. But it's a big jump to be competing against, you know, the live sets, these guys that are, you know, your very solid seventh to eighth to ninth best rucks in the comp it's not easy to score on these guys. You know what I mean? Like it's tough. It's tough to be consistently good for week on week. And when you've got two of the hardest guys in the first four weeks, you know, probably capping that scoring power again, pretty able to have a good game against those guys. Absolutely. Absolutely. But on says, usually you're about 15 to 20 points down on your average. When you play those guys, like it, it is that difficult and they're that good. And then conversely, if you're taking them on with... If you're skipping a Horn or a Grundy to go with Proof and they get a hold of you in those weeks, you could be losing 50, 60, 70 points alone on that one matchup Yeah. if they can feast. So, again, it's one of those things where there's definitely value there, MJ. There's definitely the possibility to make, as I said, 100, 150K pretty comfortably by about round 8 to 10. I don't think that's outrageous. But there is a lot of competition in that mid price role with guys that, you know, move to a new club yeah. and look promising in Hateley, or guys at the other end of the spectrum like you know, maybe a Dyson Heffel who, you know, he's n he's been a 90 guy for a decade, MJ, and we're getting him at a bargain price. So yeah. there's a lot of ways to cut it, especially when you know that you have to upgrade Bruce. The dream scenario would have been that Bruce has the buy after are Gorn or Grundy. Yeah. And you can write him up. He plays the ex- and you move him to one of them. Unfortunately, those guys have the last buy round. So you're going to end up trading into the same position as pretty much the rest of the competition. You're not going to have any real buy advantage. You've got no DPP with him to provide coverage to those guys. So for me, it really comes down to what do you think he's going to score versus the other mid prices. And also, yeah. Do you need a mid pricer? Do we get enough rookies that you can just go, I'm just going to take away any stress of having to upgrade the ruck line because we know it's a chaotic line as it is. Yeah. is. I'm just going to start with, you know, if I think it's Grundy and Gorn, if I think it's Riley O'Brien and Grundy, whatever your combination that you have a lot of faith in, I'm just going to lock it away and I'll worry about shuffling in the other lines.
0: Yeah, I think he's, he's such a fascinating player. And, and the potential flip of why I think he's... He's gonna. The reason he's in the top ten, um, and in number seven is because if he delivers towards his potential, man, are you absolutely flying? Equally, if you go against him, you whether it be setting it, forget Rux, or you look for other options, maybe use the Marshall who we talked about earlier uh, about a week or so ago in the fifty most relevant. You use that DPP link um to open up opportunities. If he doesn't. Man, are you playing catch-up against these big boys? Just in Supercoach, for example. It's $1.4 million to start Grundy and Gorn. $1.4 million to start those two. What Bruce offers you this opportunity, if you have any level of hesitancy about multiple premium rucks, maybe you're like, I'm all in on Gorn and everyone else I'm a little cagey about. Even a Marshall. Bruce gives you a chance to have a look. And if all he has to do is if he holds around that 80s marker across the formats, because I know he's got the potential to hit the ton, that's enough for me. Now, now it's not as good as I'd love it to be. Of course I want him hitting 90s in Dream Team and Fantasy. Of course I want him going pitonet style for three weeks of a ton. But if he holds an 80 in DT and Fantasy or there and thereabouts, it's enough because I'll still make cash. Is it more than what I want? No, of course I want more, but it's not a fail. A fails if he starts to deliver 60s. If he starts to deliver that kind of territory, okay, this you need to adjust really, really quickly. But you do bring up that interesting point of if our big premium rucks fire and fire early, it's like if you go against any big premium, isn't it, Kane? If they fire and fire early, it is a long way to get up to it or... You are drastically changing your structure to get him.
1: Yeah, that's the thing. That's the really hard part, MJ, is that even if we thought Bruce did really, really well and he just say he did average a hundred, you know, he's probably gonna get up to, you know, the, the low five hundred K mark in Supercoach. Now you probably at best case now, you're hopefully maybe only a hundred K away. That would be, you know, a dream scenario. Yeah. The hard thing is, we know with these guys, and we saw it with people with Pitnet, is if that bad score comes, your window to jump off,
0: is very, very
1: very narrow. So that's the thing that makes it hard, and that's where you know some coaches will just look past him because they don't want the stress of being without, you know, a Grundy or a Gorn who can you know really take the season away. You know, they're obviously captain options, all that great stuff. But then again, there'll be people who think, no, no this guy. This is his chance. He's ready. He's yeah. in a great midfield around him. Yes. Especially in Supercoach, we know how important that is. Um, he is mobile. He is a, a guy that can lay a tackle, can get around the grounds. Um, and I only need him for a period of time. Yes, it's you know going to be painful not having a Grundy or a Gorn for that stretch. Yeah. But as we always say, it's not just about one player or two players. It's the whole squad. If you can allocate that cash elsewhere. Yeah and get a return i totally get it personally i'm a, i'm more of the fan of i'm so confident in grundy and gone being the top tier yeah that i'm going to start with them from the outset and as a result that means you know a Braden pruse isn't in my plan now the only format that's probably different for that is afl fantasy uh, just because of the nature of you know how many trades you have and, yeah you can you can restructure very quickly. You know you can lose a premium mid and bring in a Gorn or a Grundy um, that way, and then have another mid price. So it's a lot more fluid. Um, I just know if you start having an injury to Pruce or if he's struggling in the first five weeks, oof, you've really got to sacrifice a premium in a restricted trades format mm. to move him on because the last thing you want to do is go to another sideways option. And all of a sudden, you're burning trades without making any real progress. That's always the risk with a player in that line yeah. without DPP. Again, maybe you offset that MJ with by Marshall. putting a Marshall forward. That, yeah. that is definitely something that gives you the flexibility of only having to use one trade to move a Proust on, as That's opposed right. to, you know. So, again, we always talk about supporting yourself, giving yourself out to make life easier. And I would have to say that if you are going the Proust route, think very strongly about having Rowan Marshall in your side as well, just to help you with the eject button if you needed to push it after round two, after round five, or, you know, anywhere in between.
0: Well, I think it's a really good one. Look, Marshall looks like, even if, regardless of the ruck-sharing role he does with Ryder, he was around the mark of that top five to ten forwards for us last year. Support that pick with that additional pick of Marshall, and now all of a sudden you've got that two-week window um, to be able to look at Bruce and go, okay, you've got the Saints, all right, you've got Fremantle. They're the easier of the two uh, fixtures in terms of those opening fours. After the two weeks, is he in the range of what you need from him? If he is, continue on as planned, knowing you're about to get a little bit of a headwind. On the other side, if he's a little off, has Hately the one that's flown out of the gate? Is it Heppel that's delivered better than you thought before? Is Buddy Franklin or a Joe Danoher or a Wayne Miller or a, an Isaac Coming or these guys in other lines that you're like, ah, this is the, the mid-pricer or the stepping stone that is popping. I'm going to use DPP to move. And I think that would be my encouragement. If you are avoiding the set-and-forget premium rucks and you want Bruce for the value he can deliver, awesome. What is your plan for if it goes poorly? And you need to define what poorly is. Don't just go, oh, he's going 75, that's poor. Well, yeah, but if Heppel's only going 65, you know, so look at it all in totality, not just in that one thing. And yeah, I'm a big fan of every pick, not just like in drafts, but even in your salary caps, picks support picks and back up why you're doing what you do. All right, let's talk about drafts then, Kane. I'm in the middle of a draft at the moment with uh, some friends of ours. Uh, I think, what, uh, the, the draft doctor's in us. Uh, Selby is in it. Uh, Archie uh, Heff from the Keeper League pod, who was on yesterday. I think Warning from AFL Fantasy is involved in it too. There's been a lot of rucks going early in that, but I don't think Bruce is going to be one of the rucks that goes early. Where do you think he goes on draft day, man?
1: Oh, MJ, in a 10-team league, he could very much, you know, not be someone's first ruck. Yeah. I don't think that's, an outrageous thing to say. Again, it only takes one person, as we always say, and I think someone will probably have him in that seven, eight, nine range, just hoping you know, he's had a new club, first opportunity. That unknown factor of what he could do and getting, you know, I'd rather take him a little early, thinking he's got bigger upside, and then maybe, you know, take a real safe ruck afterwards. But again, if that's the case, MJ, and it's the ruck line, you're probably waiting till... Honestly, round sixteen for me, like he's not a guy that I'm really gonna jump over people to get. You know, if he if he falls into my laps, great, but we know what it's like in draft. When you start getting to those rounds, there's much for muchness. Like it's just it's one of those things where yeah, someone might be really confident in him taking a bit earlier, some people won't. Yeah. Um for me it just depends what rucks have already gone, who's on the board, but really I've got him best case, as I said, low 90s mm. in a dream team draft, a super coach, you know, maybe you can nudge triple figures if everything Goes fell his way. But when you're in draft, MJ, as you know, like you do have to think about the Scott life set. You know, big Oscar McInerney getting his first crack and it's, um, it's always a challenging line outside of, of the very clear top three in my book. And then, obviously, Rowan Marshall, who I'd actually have value to the forward. I think he's more valuable there in what he delivers. Yeah. But after that, you know, it's going to be personal preference. And for me, as I said, he's probably around 15, 16, yeah. 17,
0: 18. Those last sort of on-field spots. Yeah, I and again, agree. I think he's in that range, isn't he? He's, you know, the Toby Nankervis is around there. The Sam Drapers are around there. These guys that you go, look, if you don't lock in an early ruck, you're waiting right to the end of your on-field positionals um, before you go on and drafting him. I think he's going to be a, a really solid option for us for you this year. And if the upside goes great at the start of the year, awesome. Run it, take it. Um, equally, it, you know, if he just holds holds base range, then you get what you pay for in a draft, don't you? At that point. Um, yeah,
1: and you take a second ruck, MJ. Probably not much after. Yeah, you know, a guy that again you could probably team him up with a big Oscar MacInerny. You could maybe even pinning up in it with a knick in super, not in super, excuse me, in, in DT. Like, if you're taking Pruce, you're probably going to have a decent backup. You're probably going to be looking at the matchups. Hey, you know, Pruce has got gone. I'm probably going to go to my other guy. Um, yeah. Yeah, he's not a guy that you just, this is my ruck week in, week out. It will be a little bit matchup dependent. Um, and yeah, I think you're just sort of hoping for the best, really. It's not going to be a big outlay on, you know, the draft pick you have to use. So, really if he can just hold it down in the in the mid 80s you're probably happy
0: yeah look the upside there's plenty of it there in salary cap formats of the game in drafts it, he looks like he could be a nice little bumper for you at the very end of your draft if all things go well kane appreciate your work as we've uh, talked about braden pruce no problem If you want to go read the article on him or any of the other players revealed so far, it is online now for you at coachespanel.tv. All the links for all the podcasts of every player revealed are also there. We can check it out via Google Podcasts, Spotify, or your Apple Podcasts. And at coachespanel.tv is where you can find the links to join our Patreon supporter group. There, they're getting 24-hour early access to these podcast episodes, exclusive team reveals, special community within a community, hidden groups, cash league prizes, and a bunch of other conversations and content you won't get anywhere else outside of that Patreon supporter group or your links at coachespanel.tv tomorrow we're one step away from that top five number six in the 50 most relevant who will he be? I'll tell you tomorrow